the end game here is not to have the you know a great message on your website though important and and to have great cloud materials the end game is goes beyond that i think we are assuming that information is enough to sell and it's not you have to tell people how to think about what you're doing and connect with their own emotional reality around that. Whether you're doing real estate, finances, you're selling pop music, I don't care. There has to be something that you're leaning on. People don't want just more information, they want to feel a certain way. Welcome to the Next Level Advisor. In this week's episode, Pinnacle's President and Chief Marketing Officer Ed Morales joins Manhattan branding specialist Terry Trespicio to discuss the importance of maintaining your brand in a virtual environment and how to leverage it to gain new client opportunities. Terry, listen, as always, it, it is great to be with you, of course, Thank in the you. setting that we are virtual, which is kind of the new normal for all of us, uh, either communicating with our families or in doing business. So it's it's always good to see your face. This is it. This is always, as long as I can see a human's face, it's, it's, then it's I it think, works. Then I think, as I would agree, I think we're connected. So I, I think today we're just going to have a conversation around, you know, there's so much happening now within our world from a, uh, from a branding, marketing, how to how to really function in today's environment. I mean, there's so much uh, that's happening within the family nucleus, within the ba- within families and businesses and people going to work. How do they go to work? And, and just, uh, you know, as we're talking about, we're, we're connecting here virtually, but um, I'm kind of curious to hear from you. What, what do you, uh, to the point we're at today and kind of knowing where we've been, you know, what are you seeing out there? I know you're in the beautiful, uh, the beautiful Big Apple there in New York and yes. we're down here in Florida. So, what are some of the things that you're seeing that are really relevant and um, kind of the day-to-day on how business is being done and how people are living? I'm just kind of curious on what you're hearing out there. I feel like everyone is still, there's going to be aftershocks for this for a while. Like there's no, you know, we say this is the new normal, but that would presume that there's a kind of normal and, and there just isn't. Uh, everyone sort of felt it in different ways. And as someone who works with clients running my own shop, as someone in the branding, marketing, communication space, there was obviously kind of a, because no one knew what to say for a while, right? Everyone just sort of hit the brakes. And my thinking was, well, if everyone's in a panic and the economy is going to come to a standstill and nothing's open and nothing's happening, then people are not going to maybe need me and maybe not need you or not need us, not need the marketing stuff because they're going to be worried about their survival. Mm. But I was, that was true for a half a second. And then what I discovered was that that actually is not one of those things we go, oh, we don't have to worry about that now. Now it's more important than ever because now you don't get people coming into offices. You don't get walk by, drive by, drop in kind of business. Everything since online now, for most of us who are lucky enough to be able to conduct our businesses online, um, you have to have some kind of presence and engagement online. And that's never an accident. So I could accidentally walk by someone's store, go in and spend some money, right? I could accidentally, or I could, you know, yeah, just kind of fly by the seat of my pants and do it. If you're going to get in front of people virtually, it's never going to happen by accident. And right. so what I found is that people thought, oh gosh, now everything's going to be virtual. Now I have to pivot everything that way. And it was a time when they went, oh God, but look at my website. Look at my, ma- this doesn't work anymore. And nothing works anymore. Like the messaging that's pre 2020, like it is culturally tone deaf now. So even though your brand, the essence of who you are doesn't change, what I found is that people didn't know how to be relevant or timely or sensitive or responsive 
in an environment where nothing was normal anymore. So let's let's just take that because it's particularly interesting because I what I'm hearing you say and we're seeing this as well the notion of impulse buying or impulse interaction it is it's like as you said it's something we're not going to be walking by we see something we like it and we're going to be able to just engage in that right away so in some form of a purchase or engagement so it's as you're relating to that we've got to be purposeful in doing so but let me just peel this back just for a bit here and. Uh, talk a little bit about branding and marketing. This this uh, this idea that they're the same, um, <laughs> they're not the same. Can, can we can we just kind of tackle that? Up. Because yeah. let's just back up there and see what branding and marketing is, and what are they similar? Are they different? And what that looked like, as you said, uh, prior you know early 2020, and what it actually is looking in today. Because you're now moving into approach. But I'd like to uh, to essentially let's tackle that that uh, that idea of marketing. That's and important because those terms get intermixed. All yeah. the time. And it used to be, as you know, you came up through corporate marketing. I didn't, right? I came through publishing and kind of being a creative professional. Like I got into marketing as a way of, well, because it seemed that anything you wanted to create better have an end goal and it better have a purpose or else there's no budget for it. So the way I've seen it and the way you've probably experienced it more than me is marketing and advertising used to be like interchangeable because advertising was the only way to market. You just buy ads, buy ads, buy ads. Now, that model changed a lot, obviously, with the advent of the internet, but even just in, like in the past 10 years, even it's changed radically. And so I know everyone has their own definition of what these concepts are. I have my own concept of it, which is that branding is not just a collection of assets that match, but the actual essence of who you are and why you do what you do. Marketing is a very powerful engine that gets it in front of other people. So I think of the brand and the soul of the business as the music. Marketing is the amp. You won't attract anyone if you don't plug into something. And so to my mind, marketing is the natural and critical interface for all of our creative efforts. Because if you don't get in front of people, what's the point? If you too only ever played in their basement, we would not know you too. So the marketing is inseparable from that effort insofar as you can't do it without marketing. But what I find is people try to lead with marketing thinking, let's just start putting things on the tracks and sending them out. But in fact, the branding is what happens first because otherwise we don't know what we're sending out to the world and we risk being inconsistent and confusing. I mean, is that how you would see it? Exactly the way I see it. And you know what's interesting, you know, Terry, it, there's so much attention spent on marketing, less on branding. And it's the automatically, you know, folks will actually, you know, advisors and other professionals, they'll jump into the marketing end without yeah. uh, really being thoughtful about what in fact is the branding part. Can you talk a little That's bit about right. what, why is there such a <laughs> an immediate, you know, you know, immediate jump into marketing and not in the branding. What's so? I think it's a gut. I think it's so a, cloak and dagger panic. about 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 you know about branding that people want to kind of slip, you know, kind of move move away from that. Yeah, and I I think it, it's something that has to be undone. And I want to get to the branding in a second. But for as far as why people jump to marketing is because what they hear is I should get myself out there. I need to be out there. And so they race to like load up the t-shirt gun and just like, bah, 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 and they shoot out t-shirts with our brand on it and think that that's, I just want to raise awareness. Actually, that's not all you want to do. If all you want to do is raise awareness, go out in the street and stand there with a sign. You want to build a business, then that's something different. You want to reinforce and grow the business, that's something different. But people think, run out and tell everyone we're here. And that's right. what the rush to marketing is in my mind and in my experience. Branding, I think, unfortunately, it suffered a kind of boutiqueism, 
where it seemed like this level of luxury, Madison Avenue kind of thing where most people couldn't afford it. It was something you didn't need and you don't really need it. When in fact, it's not an extra thing. It's not something that gets layered on top. It's a critical first step that gets missed because they just want to jump on the train. They don't want to worry about what to pack when they take on the train. And so they just get on the train and go. And it's like, mm, is that what you're going to do? So my feeling about it is I was like, all right, well, what does the term branding even mean? And you know what branding was? You stamp a steer with your name on it so that I know my cow from your cow. All right. That's all branding was. Hey, just so we know, are those your cows or my cows? Branding was a way to make it proprietary, to show what was mine and what was yours, because everything was intermingleable. Oh, is that my t-shirt or yours? Well, it has my logo on it, so it must be mine. But now branding, stamping something with your face, your brand, your logo, whatever, is not enough. And it doesn't give credit to what branding really is, mm -hmm. because it tends to, we tend to think of it as that, as, oh, well, that's mine. Now we don't know it was mine. Branding is really about how you will serve a person or audience. And marketing is how you'll plug it into the engine, right? Marketing is the engine that does it. But that branding part seems to me much more about what are you doing? How are you helping? Rather than just stamping it with a thing. Yeah, it really You all want to talk like, about logos. Yeah. I'm like, oh, really? I know. Logo's it, critical, it, but. Yeah, and what you're saying there, it's really understanding the why, not the how, the how and the what, but if, you, if you're nailing down the why, purposefully to do that it really that becomes very easy to get into the to the imagery or the necessary language but you got to understand if i'm hearing it that's what i'm that's what i'm gathering from you. it's why but then we got to be like not why you why them why is someone else coming to you and so i always put people through the kind of the mirror test i say okay well let's just take website because website is the one free accessible thing that anyone can find you on right uh if i don't bump into you in the street or you don't put a flyer under my windshield wiper i'm gonna have to go find you online and anyone can have a website and anyone does but what i say is take a look at your website and does it pass the mirror test and what i say about that is is your mirror a reflection of you? Are you like, here's my website. Here's what I look like. Here's what I'm so great at. Are you looking at yourself in that mirror? Because I say that the mirror should be facing out and your client or customer or reader or user, whoever, however you think of the people you want, whose, whose attention you want, they should come to your site and see themselves in it. They shouldn't just see you looking at yourself. And that is a very subtle difference, but it is critical because what do people do? Here's what I do. Here's what I'm great at. And this is why I won all these awards. That's great. We want to know you're legit, but I also want to know why I care. And if your why is because I'm passionate about what I do. I love being an accountant. I go, okay, I'm glad you love being an accountant. That's not why I'm hiring you. I want to know that you understand what I need. Mm. And that level, that meet, that turns your website into a form of communication instead of a digital business card. And that is a critical job, don't you think? Yeah, it's interesting that you you're you're talking about the 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 focus of being less personal focus and more customer focus, and it's about them. And I, I think as we look in the present environment they're in right now, and this this new virtual setting and working remote and so forth, how how relevant is that today? I mean, it, it seems like this is this is kind of the big change here. It's really focusing. This is out. it. Can you talk to someone? And why do we say, okay, what, why do we hate being lectured and being pitched to? Because there's two things I, a few things I hate more than those two things. No one wants a lecture and no one wants to be pitched. And yet what does everyone's material sound like? They're lecturing you and they're pitching you. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. No one wants to be lectured or pitched because I don't want to sit here and hear what you think you know. And I don't like telling me like, here's what you should do, blah, blah, blah. And we also don't like to be pitched because we are pretty savvy as consumers now. And we know when we're being pitched, we know there's a sale. We're not rubes here. And so the most sophisticated and the most evolved marketing and branding language should just talk to you like a person. And I can't, I know that lots of other people in this space are saying the same thing. I've been trying to say this to people forever, but something happened where Mm -hmm. communication became corporatized, where we thought we had to sound like a business talking to an audience instead of a human talking to a human. And so businesses say, there's this kind of like awkward, I hear it. And I say, no one came out of the womb writing like that or talking like that. But somehow we are under this idea that we're supposed to speak like a building is talking. We're not buildings. Mm-hmm. And so I just today I was working with someone who's in a field I know very little about real estate. I mean, like I'm not an expert in any of these fields. That's what makes for me my job so fun because I go in there totally ignorant. I don't know. I said, tell me who you're trying to convince and why. And what are you trying to connect with? And I looked at his emails and I won't go into the detail of who that is, but his emails were very like, here's the solution. Here, so call me because I can sell you this thing. I was like, no one wants you gagging them with a solution. What they want is to feel that you get them and they want to lean into the conversation. So we rewrote his communication as a story, as a whole conversation around what does that reader, the person he's getting their emails via cold calling, right? Like, so he doesn't know them. How do you get that person to feel like, oh, there's a person in there. Hey, I have a thought about that and hit reply and start talking to them. His whole goal is to get people to talk to him. But most people be like, here's what I do. You should call me. And it's like, no one wants that. So I end up undoing a lot of what people do, undoing that language. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. But it's interesting you say that prior to even getting on to this discussion I'm having with you today, I was talking to a national institution and they were uh, they were speaking about training and kind of moving away from training. They were talking about they were talking about the need for an approach and they were bringing in the words like coaching and, and how to be able to create a new language. And, uh, and of course, this is a very large institution. And then they were they were struggling with identifying how do we connect with our customers and creating new opportunities. So they were trying to be coaches or they were realizing that was part of their role? That They were realizing this is more of what they need to be doing, which was something that they were not entertaining in the past is really becoming more coaches rather than trainers. And I was trying to get a better definition. Yes. Too. I love that you just said that coaching versus training, because it used to be you'd hire a trainer or you'd be a trainer. You know who gets trained? Dogs. You know what gets trained? <laughs> Circus animals. I don't know that I, I, I've been really bucking against that word lately. Trainers. I'm going to train you. There's something very, dare I say, patriarchal. I don't know. It feels like you're trying to entrain me. And I think that it is, I think the idea of training is a little bit, not that we don't seek out education, that we don't seek out new skills, something about it that's slightly patronizing. Um, yeah. And so, but more and more, look, we know we work with a lot of financial advisors. They are starting to see themselves as financial coaches. Mm-hmm. Coaching is not just a few people over here. Everyone coaches. Why? Because anything else I can get a machine to do probably. You yeah. know, like we, not besides coaching, but we need the human element so they must see themselves being like, all right, if we're going to coach and we're going to matter to our user, to our audience, what's the conversation that we're having? Yeah. That's the challenge. And I, it astonishes me why companies struggle so much when that is the one thing we grow up doing, learn to communicate with another human. Something happens when people get jobs and they lose their humanity and they start talking like a machine. But I think they're trying to be appropriate and businesslike. 
And I think that that hurts real authentic communication. Yeah. What's interesting in, in this conversation that I had this afternoon with this national firm, because I asked the question, you know, what, why the concern or why the directional change around moving from training to coaching? And uh, they, they then led into, we just need to change our approach because our results, our business results are actually uh, not where they expected to be. And number one, and number two, they were finding that people were having difficulty uh, essentially connecting with new opportunities and how to do that. So, and then there was other conversations that maybe the collateral materials and the, the information that they're providing to clients needs to change. So mm-hmm. it certainly ties into what you're saying here that uh, kind of getting into the approach and kind of the differences that we're experiencing and really connecting with people. That's where the value is. I mean, like it used to be that tech was the luxury good uh, humans are the luxury good because we are not scalable, whereas tech is, right? Like humans, individual humans aren't necessarily scalable quite the same way. Um, and there is where the value is. So my feeling just in the few years I've been working in, say, for instance, financial services, is that they see that the value is that because with the commodity part, anyone can do anything on their own. There's every tool to do everything you need to do. But you know, I also have scissors in my house, but you better believe I'm not going to cut my own hair, right? We want to go toward expertise. We want to hear what people who know something uh, can tell us. Can you, how do you communicate that? And the thing I think that's missing when I look at people's messaging where I'll go work with them and I find out so many interesting things about them and I go, but this doesn't exist anywhere. You're not telling anyone this thing. Yeah, we know. That's just who we are. I guess you have to get to know us. I said, no, you're missing an opportunity. And I think it's because, and this is what I've seen, there's a lack of um, emotional connection with their materials. And I don't mean emotional like they have to be happy or gushy or sad. I don't mean these big primary color, broad stripes emotion. I mean, what do you mean? When I read someone's material, their website, their collateral, what are you, what are you saying about what you think I need? And what are you telling me I could have? Like, I feel like people give out a lot of information, but they don't tell the user how to feel about that information. If I say, mm-hmm. oh my God, ham sand, did you know that there are 2 million people a day who search for the, for the word ham sandwich on Google? 2 million, wow, that's a lot. Is wow. that a lot? No, well, I just made that up. Well, it's nothing if I go, yeah, but 20 million search for turkey sandwich. Whoa, 2 million means nothing if I don't compare it to something. I think we are assuming that information is enough to sell and it's not. You have to tell people how to think about what you're doing and connect with their own emotional reality around that. Whether you're doing real estate, finances, you're selling pop music, I don't care. There has to be something that you're leaning on. People don't want just more information. They want to feel a certain way. Interesting because, you know, a lot of what we hear too is, you know, this is not working and they almost go down kind of the alley about reinventing themselves. And I'm not hearing that from you. I'm not hearing that this is a, uh, an exercise of reinventing it. it, it, So, so talk a little bit about that. It's not a reinvention here and you're bringing in this um, discussion around really becoming more human or the human connection that needs to be done. And of course, we're remote right now. And it's one of the things is relational, you know, relational appetite has changed. At least the desire to have a relationship is there, but how you go about it has changed. People think, Can yeah, you talk a I little mean, bit there's that? that part, of course, you need to be able to have a presence online when you're not in front of someone. So this mm-hmm. whole, especially from the advisors, oh, when they come in and meet us, they like us. Well, guess what? No one's coming in right now. So how do you do that? And we'll talk about what it means, I think, to, to scale you know, conversations through, through branded content, which is the point mm-hmm. of that. But to go back a second, let's talk about the myth of rebrand. 
because this idea like, oh, we just did a rebrand a few years ago. We don't want to do another rebrand. You'd think I was saying, let's totally reconstruct your face. Well, you know what? You don't want to reconstruct your face every two years and you don't have to. Uh, when you said we need a brand, re we need a brand refresh. The companies seem to have a kind of, I can only describe it as some kind of weird self-esteem thing where it's like, well, I guess we need to rebuild our personality. Imagine if every two years I thought in order to stay relevant, I had to be a different person. That's exhausting and unnecessary. Right. But the problem is that you, you as a group, as a team, as a whatever, solopreneur, doesn't matter. You do have a personality and a way of seeing the world, which you only ever showed two colors of it. You only ever showed two colors. Or maybe you only did it in black and white. I don't need to rebrand you and figure out how to make you cool. Like I'm going to make you over like in some kind of 80s, you know, ZZ Top video. I don't need that. What I need to do is show more of the colors. I just did this with a firm. They're like the most basic financial firm. Their stuff is just, here's what it is. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just your basic. You won't learn anything about them on their website. Not one thing except what they do, which so does everyone else. And there's no emotional connection. I said, let's talk about who you really are. And so whatever, I take them through this process of learning about them in a very short period. And it turns out they are different from every other group because every group of people is different, but they weren't showing that thing. And I said, that's what's interesting about you, but no one ever saw it or told you. And so you didn't lead with it. So mm. we're not going to change you. You're already there. All we're going to do is bring more of you to the surface so that the people who already like you, they already like you. We want the people who don't know you yet to believe they could like you by saying, hey, this is what we believe in, this is what we do. That's missing. So yeah. I don't believe you need a total rebrand. I think you need to finally speak the full spectrum of what your brand really is. Yeah, so let's talk about that because I think there is always, as you said, there's confusion on this rebrand or uh, reinvention, you know, recalibrating a lot of the re's. They're going through the, the, the reformat, but I, let's talk about, so, so how do you get there? How, how do you, how, how does the individual, the business, you know, what are some of the starting points, specifically as we look at today? I mean, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're in uncharted territories, but nonetheless, there are territories and there's huge opportunities, tremendous opportunities to do something that we've actually oh. never done before. Yes. You know, so why don't we yes. talk about the opportunities and then how do you, how does the individual or the business, what are the things they need to look at step-by-step step to be able to, to really engage in a new opportunity? Well, I mean, the first thing is to remember that this is one crazy year. It, nothing like it have we ever experienced. But you don't have a new brand because we have a new pandemic. You're not going to be different than you were before. If you were always very slow moving and steady and considered, and this is how your industry moves, this is how you move, you're not also going to be speedy. And if you were super speedy and entrepreneurial and did lots of cool stuff, you're not going to now become somber in corporate just because there's a pandemic. Um, any, I don't brand people in response to a pandemic any more than I help brand people in response to their, their uh, competition, which is another thing. I kind of don't, yeah, okay, we'll keep an eye out on what people are doing, but I actually don't really, don't really care because the thing that makes you stand out is not the way you're going to edge up over that guy and go, I'm better than that guy. That's not how that's going to work. What you're going to do is reconnect with the person and the company and the firm and the team you already are. And you're going to make sure that you look through it through the lens of now, meaning things are different now and they're going to be different for a while. We're not going to change the brand because of this, because I saw a lot of that, a lot of big, somber, long letters of like, now that, you know, they were in un uncertain times and all this weird faux 
serious, like it was serious, but it was also felt weird and put on. Right. We're past that now. Now, and one of the great things about this, I will say, is that I think we're past needing to be edgy or cool. The world's just a little too edgy right now. We're not trying to be edgy. So before people used to come at branding, like we want to be cool. We want to be like edgy. I was like, mm, no, you don't. And now you definitely don't. So we're over edgy. What we're going for is real connection and making sure people understand who you are and why they should pay attention to you, give you any resources, give you any time. So what I do, and I only have my process, right? You talk to 80 different branding people, they're going to talk to me 80 different ways of doing it. I don't sit down and go, okay, what's your ideal client? Da, 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 da. Like, of course they know who their client is. What I say is, I want to know what you believe, what you've maybe always believed about what you do. I want to know what you actually, one of the big things I dig into with a company is what do you like about the industry you're in? What do you not like? Because I don't learn much from someone going, what's oh, so great? We love this and it's, everything's wonderful. It's like, okay, great. That doesn't, mm, doesn't tell me anything. I go into what do they believe? In fact, when I work with them, as you know, Ed, we, mm -hmm. we go into story. We go into actual and, and I bring the team in that room and say, like, let's talk about a time when this really worked for you or when you, were, you knew you were in the right place. I do all kinds of different prompts to, to trigger something besides this boring corporate executive part of your brain <laughs> and try to get into the intuition and say, what were the moments that really mattered? Because often when you hear everyone's stories, it never fails. I get a sense of culture right from that group, but they didn't know that the world wanted to know what they were like in that way. And the mistake a lot of them make is, oh, well, we'll tell everyone. We stand for empathy, integrity, compassion, excellence, and achievement, and authenticity. Great. I'm glad you looked up at a thesaurus, a bunch of great words that you could use and great words you could stand behind. So we know you're not saying we're for cheating and murdering, which would be a company I probably don't want to do business with. But I think it's probably a good idea to get beyond we're for being good people. We're good, interesting people, smart. We're smart people. Okay. What do you think matters with regard to your industry? So I go in deep this way rather than here's all the stuff we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get to that. First, why do I like you? Where is the emotional, where is that nerve I can hit where I go, yes. And after discussion, after we dig into it, I have never had a time where I didn't hit that, that the vein of that vitality in the group and say, this is who you are. What do you really care about? If they go, we really want to help our clients, really want to do good business. I just fell asleep for a minute, right? Like, of course you do. But what does that look like? So one of the things I do have them do is go through their, let's talk about things they don't like about their industry, things that they maybe just would whisper to me. What do they believe in? Why does that matter now? This is not a remake over, but it does require a heavy lift and a little soul searching in pockets they didn't know they had to go into. So it's kind of interesting because you're, as we speak about connection, you're, you're talking about storytelling and telling stories. Big thing and, for you too. Yeah. Which is very important for us as well. When, when, you, when you think about that, it, it's um, so is that still important? I mean, it, it oh seems God, like we were going. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about that, because I, I think the other element here has been around the need to differentiate ourselves. I mean, yes, we hear that from yes. businesses, and we hear that from individuals. Differentiate, uh, those are two great ones. What does it take to differentiate myself, and what does storytelling have to do with it? Yes. And then people say, um, well, how do I tell my story? Well, no one, no one woke up this morning dying to know your story. No one woke up this morning dying to know my story. That's just life. We're worried about our own stories. They only want to know the story as it relates to how you can help them. That's just fact. When we talk about differentiation, be very aware of thinking 
that if you play the superlative game, you win. If you think, well, I just need to be better than that dummy. I just need to be smarter than that person. I just need to earn more money than that person. That's a slippery slope. I, I think it's bad news. In fact, we were at an event of yours when someone said, well, my differentiator is I really care about my clients. And I said, Bob, that was not his name. I said, Bob, um, are you willing to bet that none of your colleagues in this room care about their clients? Well, no. Okay, so we know caring is the floor. Skill set is the floor. You have experience, that's the floor. Now what? They don't know because you know why? Advisors and business owners and a lot of people and a lot of industries were never asked these questions. They were never told that this stuff matters. And all of a sudden, two seconds go, everyone told them it mattered and they're supposed to know? Of course they don't, it's okay. But it does matter that you start to know. Mm-hmm. And storytelling matters here because you and your team are different from anyone else. But you don't get to say on the website, you should work with us because we're different. And I did have a client who said, we believe in being different. I said, nope, you don't get to say that. You don't get to say I'm different any more than you get to say I'm the smartest person in the world and have it be true. You have to demonstrate it. And so I think people underestimate how interesting their stories, their interactions are. When I pull someone's brand messaging, I don't come in with a boa and a hat and a cane and go, here, try these on. I have them in my closet. No, I pull the gems out of their stories. What mattered to them? What do they, what are they afraid of? What do they love about it? What do they, what do they see their clients suffering from when they come in? They'd like to never have that client suffer again. Or what's in their own lives that mm-hmm. informs what they do. Yeah. They don't see it. They, they dismiss their own story. But as I was told, this is a famous saying, but when I heard it, I was like, oh my God, facts tell, stories sell. Our very uh, still evolving brains, ideas are tough. It's like absorbing straight protein. Like ever have like a full protein bar? It's like, you can eat it, but man, that's hard. And it's hard to digest. It's like, nah, nah. what we want is fat, sugar, salt. We want to taste it, want to be delicious and get the protein in there. I don't want straight protein. I don't want straight information. I want to be able to digest. And storytelling is the sugar, fat, salt of attention. We only really have the brain to follow moving things badly because our eyesight is rule is terrible, right? As animals, follow something that moves, be aware of what's terrifying and follow a story. Storytelling is like something we've been doing for before we even had like really had any ability to scale our conversations or anything like that. Yeah, you know, it's fascinating it's Jerry, because on the area of storytelling, I mean, this is, um, and you know, you can speak to this here is sometimes the, the, the idea around storytelling and it really will end with a, with a, uh, with a brochure ends it with a website. So the, it's like, well, let me get my story done so I can get stuff out. And then that's it. Right. Then there's something else that, uh, there's something that's, that is really missed because it just limits themselves. And so this is so storytelling is not to get to the end. It's almost to get to, uh, to the get beginning. to the point of where they want to engage with you. So, so the, so the end, the end game here is not to have the, you know, a great message on your website, though important and, and to have great cloud of materials. The end game is goes beyond that, right? When you're talking about, oh my God. can we yes. talk a little bit about, you know, what, what happens beyond the stuff? Oh my God, the stuff. I mean, we've talked about this before. We have. People are like, oh, I have now this amazing, like we've, I've worked with your team to create some truly standout, um, beautiful sites that, you know, no one else in their industry has. And that's great, but it doesn't end there, right? Like if I come in and you and I, and we create someone's, it's like saying, 
I'm with, well, you redirect, you redesigned my home and it's beautiful now. How come there's no swinging party in here? Well, our job was to make it beautiful so that you would bring people in. That's the idea is that it doesn't end when you set up the house. The whole point in my mind of any collateral, any posts, any content, blog, website, all that collateral, the whole point is it should be an invitation to be connected with you, whether that means hiring you or getting on your list or buying from you or whatever you want people to do. If it doesn't compel an action, it's not enough for it to look nice. In other words, if it doesn't compel an action, then why are you doing it? So that is part of the thing is I'm, we're giving you the beautiful tools that make you look the way you are. They match your intelligence, your integrity, and your credibility in your field. But now that's the beginning part. Now you have to take it out there and do that. If you say to me, well, I don't want to do that. I just want a nice website. Great. Why don't you, you know, have your whole living room redone and then invite no one over? I hope you enjoy your couch. I mean, that's not enough. The assets are not enough, but they are important because if you invite people back to your place and people are like, yeesh, I don't want to walk in there. That's not good either. Plus, I think, too, as we've already discussed, when we were talking about really having the beautiful living room, it's really nice to design and create it and really have all the signage and so forth. But if you don't know how to uh, to connect with people, to have them come into the living room, you're simply just going to have a beautiful living room and right. any visitors and so forth. So it's, yeah, it's But it's that's a mindset, though, thing, isn't it? Because you know what? It's it easy to hire mindset. someone. It's easy to hire someone to make it nice and assume, well, aren't you going to make me have more business? No. Any more than I can put you in a great suit and guarantee you a date. You got to go out and ask someone out, you know? I mean, you have to have, you have to be, you, have to, you do have to competitively look as good and legit. And there are a lot of people's sites that look like they might've been designed when, with a dial-up modem. That's not okay. But there's a mindset. And if someone goes, well, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do more. Like I was working with someone. They said, well, we, what are you saying? We're going to do a drip campaign and email people because like, I hate when people do that. I don't want to do that. I said, okay, then we need to reframe what you're doing here because you might not like drip campaigns because maybe you signed up for something you don't want to hear about. But if you decide that you don't want to collect people's emails or talk to them and you don't want to do any of that, how again are you prospecting for new business in this age, in mm-hmm. this time when your competitors are out there doing it? Mm-hmm. So do you want to sit here and wait for referrals to come in? Because you can do that. But why am I here? Why am so, I here? Yeah, it's so interesting because you were mentioning earlier about the human element and the really, this is all about really how do we engage and how do, how do businesses and, and practices engage with people personally? There is a a personal connection where it is very, very clear that what's important to them is clearly important to you. Yes. And they think there's this belief that marketing and automation and sales funnels, that they can just plug it in and walk away. And I have, that's very rare and also might work for someone who has established a longtime presence online where people are already in. But I'm talking about firms that have like maybe less than a thousand people on their email list, maybe less than 500, maybe they got 200 people who are already clients. What about everyone else? Because if you don't have their email, what are you relying that you're hoping that Facebook won't go down or LinkedIn won't, something won't shift and you won't be able to talk to those people anymore? You don't build your houses on other people's property. You build it on your own and as a, Jay Bayer, who wrote the book Utility, he said, content is fire. Social media is gasoline. Mm. Now, because people have a thing in their head about Facebook and Instagram and that they they don't want to be like that or they don't want to be associated with that, then they spurn the whole 
thing. And they go, well, we don't do that. I was like, okay, that's where everyone is. You don't have to do a Facebook campaign, but there are lots of platforms and it, you have to be on something. I don't know what it's people are thinking. Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, over the last, say, four months, initially, as you commented earlier, that, you know, there was a lot of concerns about where this was all going to be, where marketing was going to lie, where branding, how they're going to intertwine, what uh, uh, essentially how individuals were going to be telling their story. And wow. obviously, there's panic within the pandemic. Uh, tying into what, you know, a lot of fears around that, but we're, we're now seeing, I know we're experiencing a lot of inquiries that are coming in uh, tied into messaging, looking at, uh, as we already, already discussed, uh, you know, rebrand or restructuring of their website or just a real kind of looking at things in a, in a much different eye. Are you seeing that as well now where you're getting inquiries that are coming in to They're to realizing really they don't know what to say. They're realizing this out, how to figure this yeah. out. Yeah. How do I, we don't know what to say. And then they think, they say to someone on the outside, like me or you, well, we don't know what to think. And this is our business. How the heck would you know what to think? And it's like, mm -hmm. because I can ask the questions that you're too close to see that they need asking. Yeah. And they, and it's kind of like, I wish people would also give themselves a break because this is all very new. Um, you know, there's people who specialize in only Facebook ads and people who do just sales funnels and just sales pages. And they go, ha, I have to do everything. I now I have to spend blow my entire budget. You, if your job is not what me or you do, Ed, like it might feel overwhelming and it might be like, what am I doing? It feels like a whole new world. But I believe the the way to keep aligned and keep integrity in this without thinking I have to now throw money at a thing I don't know if I believe in. Do you believe, the only thing you have to believe in is that your company and your firm, your service, whatever, is worth knowing about and can provide an actual service to someone who would be happy to have it. If you believe that, and you believe that you can't sit in a store and wait for someone to walk by, then that also means that you have a conversation you must have with people you don't know yet. And to my mind, brand, branded messaging, branded content, all of it is your ability to take conversations you have with customers and scale it so other people can listen in and go, oh, I wanna be part of that conversation. If you, if you don't want to do that, then you're hoping someone brings in a referral. It's not fast enough. Mm. Referrals are all common if you're doing a great job. If no one ever refers you ever, you're literally doing something very wrong. <laughs> but can you, can you scale this conversation so that other people can overhear? That's all this is. It's the art of eavesdropping in a public way. We call it stalking. Oh, stalking this thing online. But it's not stalking. It's eavesdropping. Mm. We're only half listening. We're only half listening to any of the conversations we see, but if something snags, then I'm going to pay attention. Are you having a conversation loud enough at the party so someone might go, wow, that sounds interesting. I just want to stand here and listen to you for a bit. What you want are people to just stand there, even if they don't come over and give you their business card and want to be your best friend. They're hanging around the outside listening to you talk. Absolutely. They're not doing it. I think that is, uh, as we've talked about, we, uh, and thank you for your, for your comments and uh, more specifically, your insights around this as we're having this conversation. Uh, one, one of the things that uh, we certainly have been talking about is creating a series or a discussion in which uh, we can really take a deeper dive into some of the practical steps that our listeners may need to to look at or consider. But uh, first and foremost, I want to thank you for your thank time you. and just really having this conversation because, as you said, the opportunities are endless here. We just have to work together and be open towards uh, looking at new opportunities and, and understanding how to be able to take storytelling and putting it in a much different light than we've done in the past. So I appreciate your time, Terry. It's always good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you, too. Thank you much.
Want to learn more about this week's topic? Reach out to marketing at pinnacleifs.com if you have any questions. Or if you're just interested in further discussion, we'd love to hear from you.